You're listening to Not Another Diet, the podcast, episode four, The Cult of Calories, and this one is part two. If you haven't already, make sure to go back and listen to part one to get a full understanding of calorie counting, how we got here, and the history that you may not already understand. The Cult of Calories Part 2 is where we're going to focus on the problems that we actually blame ourselves for. And this is so common. After working with members for a couple of years, I just see these over and over again. And it's so important to understand that this sense of failure that you have has really nothing to do with you and everything to do with trying to make bad ideas work. And Again, this is season one. I want to liberate you from bad ideas. I want you to understand why they're so bad and put them down and never look back. And I hope after listening to part one and part two, you will be able to do that with uh, calorie counting. And so let's get into the problems that we actually blame ourselves for. I hear this over and over again. If I could just stick to the program, right? And that one is about just simply not being able to continue on, not being able to do calorie counting for any real length of time. And yeah, and I understand that there's a few people out there. So we'll say that less than 5% really likes it and continues on with it. And for them, we'll, we'll say that that's a sustainable thing. But when we're at 95% <laughs> or really the vast majority of people who engage in it, as we talked about in season one or in episode one, that they're not even signing up for these apps with the idea that they're going to do it in any long-term way. So that's not even the, the goal right from day one. The goal is to do it and get off, right? And of course, that's where I would tell you that how you lose the weight is how you have to live. So you have to choose carefully. If you would like to count calories the rest of your life, please, you can tune me out right now and go do that. But for everyone else who never thought that this was a long-term strategy, um, I want you to understand why it's not even a short-term strategy. So if you couldn't stick to the plan, that is really a function of the fact that um, it's laborious, it's it's time-consuming, it's not fun. And for the vast majority of people, it doesn't actually fit into their lives very well. And in my workshop, one of the things that I reference is that there's actually a study done of um, women who are on a diet, and then they were asked to perform cognitive tests, and they did much worse <laughs> than they normally do. And that's because when you're on a diet, it's such a high cognitive load. It's really asking a lot of you. And for the most part, people really can't sustain that. So it's important to also honor how you actually do. So even if you don't buy any of the things that I'm saying and you're just like, well, I can't stick to it. Okay, that's information. That's information. Now, of course, you would join a whole host of other people, including me, who couldn't stick to it. But even if you want to take that as a personal failing, the fact is that that's your step one of self-acceptance. Instead of saying, we're going to reverse engineer it. Instead of saying, I couldn't stick to that. And you say, this is who I am. This is the person I am. And the person I am can't do this with any length of time. And the reason that that's important is that what happens is that you go on and you go off, right? You're toggling. Now you go on, you can't sustain it, you go off. You can't go on, you go off. And this really damages your idea of whether or not you can stick to something. You know, the things that I've developed 
outside of diet culture, I've now been doing 13 years, really easy for me to stick to it, mostly because <laughs> they're understandable, they're simple, and they're repeatable. And I've done a whole host of other work around my life that makes it that way. But I also could never stick to these plans. So it's important to understand that you were never meant to. It's not a you thing, it's a diet thing. You were never meant to stick to these things. And if you can't stick to the plan, then maybe it's not a great plan. Maybe it's not suited to you. I don't know, but I'd like you to rethink the idea that this is somehow a you problem. The next issue that um, one of my members actually brought up, so I really love this one. Uh, I'm going to read you her, what she put in the community forum, and I thought it was just great. She said, I found myself calculating calories or estimating points or colors or whatever. It was exhausting and made me think about food all the time. Now I only have to consider one thing. Am I hungry? And that's an offshoot of the hunger practice. We won't get into that right now. But like the main point that she was making was how weirdly and unnaturally calorie counting makes you really narrowly focus on food and you're thinking about it all the time. And you're probably thinking about it for a number of reasons. Number one, there's the cognitive load of like putting it into an app or figuring out the quantities or weighing and measuring, uh, 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 which, uh, you know, if you want to suck the joy out of food, which is going to be my, one of my points later on, this is a really good way to do it. But also like now it's weirdly in front of you all the time, as opposed to you just living your life, you know, going on and actually just having a life. You'll hear it in people's language, right? Like, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to get serious. Um, and what they mean is I'm going to go do the work of having to think about this all the time. I don't think that's how you do it. But this idea of myopically being focused on food or being afraid of food or whatever is really unhealthy. It's just an unhealthy mindset, and I don't think it leads to any positive outcomes um, on your body. The next one is one of my favorites. It is, uh, it causes us to distrust our hunger. I, I can't begin to tell you all of the ways that actually getting curious about my hunger and honoring it and respecting it and that the word respect is a big one. I include food choice or food quality in that one. But I also include just simply never allowing myself to go hungry with this idea that this is somehow the tax for having a healthy weight. It is not. But what I notice in working with people is that they come in really distrusting their hunger. And if you've been doing this for years where you toggle in and out, right, you've learned to suppress it. You've learned to be at war with your body. <laughs> And distrusting your hunger is another way of distrusting yourself. That you might, you know, you're one and the same. Your hunger is not separate from you. It's not a, it's not a thing to be managed. And people who tell you you have to be hungry to lose weight are either promoting diet culture or they're lying to you. I don't really know which one. It's absolutely not true. And there's a great example in another arena that I want to tell you about, which is the thirst arena. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this because it was a while ago, but it does get recycled in culture. There's this idea that we actually don't know when we're supposed to be drinking water. And it's part of the legacy now that people walk around with water all the time and Europeans laugh at us is uh, that we need to stay ahead of our thirst, which is only true if you're like exercising in hot weather really hard, you know, like if then, then you might need to think about this. But 
if you're just a human being walking through the world, your thirst is just fine. And in fact, a bunch of studies, feel free to Google this. <laughs> There's a bunch of studies that have been done in, in the last decade that your thirst mechanism is just fine, not broken. <laughs> you can rely on yourself to just listen when you're thirsty, give yourself some water, and then go up on about your life. And I think of hunger as being very similar, but with more dire circumstances, which is that we think uh, being hungry is something we have to endure. And uh, I will tell you the exact opposite. Not only is it not something that you should endure, but it's traumatic to constantly suppress your hunger. I think it leads to overeating later. I think it's not good for your self-concept. And I think it injures your ability to listen to your body. And those are massively important for not only your healthy weight, but for you to be happy as a human being, you know? And the two, are, the two don't have to be separate. Um, that in fact, I don't think of them that way. Uh, another issue is how we take in the effects of food processing. You know, we're encouraged to think about calories in, calories out, but you're not a robot and all food does not work in your body in the same way. So in part one, I talk about this process of eating figs and how, how fed up I was with um, calorie counting that I had to like sit there and count figs before I ate them. It turned out that that was my internal wisdom. Your body does not process whole foods in the same way that it processes processed foods, right? And it doesn't take in all the calories. The fiber has a real insulating factor against that. You, you're you not a robot and all calories are not the same. And calorie counting diets, now there's been some updates with the colors and things like that, but I still think that at the end of the day, it's um, a little too much focus on processed foods. And in fact, if you look at the food environment that we all live in, 60% of all the food in packages is actually an ultra processed food. So, you know, most of us, when you say, well, what's an ultra processed food, you would say, well, uh, you know, chips and, um, you know, all the drinks with colors in them and things like that. And, uh, but I'm here to tell you that 60% of our diet comes from ultra processed foods. And there's an easy way to tell, go into your kitchen right now, pull anything out. If you turn it over and there's chemicals you don't understand or added sugar, and by the way, added sugar now has 56 different names. You are eating ultra processed foods. They are designed to create metabolic havoc. They are designed to make you more hungry. Your body uses more of the calories. This is not the same thing, but we think of the effects that they have as outsized hunger, uh, weight gain, all kinds of other problems as a, a personal failing or somehow we have done something wrong, but actually what we need to be suspicious of is the food environment that we're swimming in. Another that I see all the time is diet thinking, even when you're not dieting. And how that shows up is when you start looking at food and you start calculating points or colors or, or the actual calories, if you're walking through the world or you start thinking of yourself as good or bad, I've been good, I've been bad, I've been good, I've been bad. Diet thinking is pernicious. It comes through in all kinds of ways. And in fact, a lot of what I do in group coaching is people unwittingly bring their diet thinking and I have to undo it. If I could just stick to the plan is diet thinking. In fact, I'll be even more clear. If you have said to yourself, if I could just, 
that's diet thinking because actually you need to discover the person you are and support and nurture that person into the behaviors that are going to help with your healthy weight. That's actually how it's done. And I want to talk about the mental health toll of being stuck between processed foods and dieting. On the one hand, you have food that encourages overeating that is in fact designed now by teams of scientists. I don't think food processing originally started out this way, but it has definitely become this. It's designed by teams of scientists to encourage overeating. And on the other end, you're now putting these calorie counts into an app or whatever to hold your eating down. What does that do to your mental health? <laughs> what does that do to your sense of happiness in the world? You know, to your sense of like freedom and uh, trusting yourself and feeling good. I, I don't think it does good things. It certainly didn't leave me in a better place. You know, it's been a number of years now since I have stopped all this. And uh, I try to remember and go back, but I think the two words that I would use are, I felt hopeless and sad. That's how I felt, like trapped. And what it turned out was that I was trapped by other people's ideas, by society's bad ideas, by a food environment, by all kinds of things. But I, there wasn't anything actually wrong with me as a person at all. And I suspect not you either. And I mean that really sincerely, like no matter how you're feeling about your body, no matter how you're feeling about this whole process, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, there's a lot of murkiness, and there's definitely a lack of, of the kind of soft skills that I bring um, in understanding how to handle yourself. And those are the real issue, but the, the issue is not some sort of internal deficiency, never was. The last point that I wanna make about what calorie counting actually does to us as people is that it sucks the joy out of food. <laughs> I don't have a better way to say this. And one of my members wrote this, so I'll, I'll share what she had to say about tracking her food. It sucked all the joy out of food. I'd enjoy a meal and then learn the calories were higher than I expected and just feel bad. Plus it felt unsustainable. It made eating feel like a job or performance evaluation. It was a judgmental process and it left me feeling drained. So happy to leave that behind. I so resonated with this, which is why I want to leave it there. I know part of the reason that I couldn't stick with diets is because how much I love food, how much I love eating, how important it is in my life. I could almost get a little teary right now, even telling you about this. Like I... I grew up in a food household, you know, my mom was an amazing cook, even with all her anxieties about weight, we ate really well. And I grew up loving food and the, I love the preparation of it. I love sharing it with other people. And it was most important to me when I said dieting down so many years ago to keep the joy, to keep what was really nurturing to me about food in this process. And it's absolutely possible to do that, but never, never, ever <laughs> through the lens of diet culture that encourages us to abuse ourselves, to encourages us to mistreat food and to misunderstand food. 
So I hope you heard something in all of this that resonated with you and helped you understand that calorie counting is a test tube idea, good in theory and terrible in practice. Thank you.